Hey, North Cross family. It's another Sunday where we are not able to be together, and we're all hoping and praying that this is the last Sunday that we can't be together. Uh, but we've been recently, as you well know, in a season of waiting waiting for an occupancy certificate, waiting for a parking lot to be done, waiting to be able to use this brand new ministry center that all of you had a huge part of making become reality. And so today, in lieu of being able to get together for a service, I thought I'd share with you a little bit of a message about waiting and seasons of waiting. The first thing I'd like to point out to you is something you already know, that uh, none of us really enjoy to wait. Uh, you know, if you've ever gone to a restaurant and uh, you get to the, the front host area and they tell you that you have a 45-minute wait to be seated. Um, I don't know of anyone who starts jumping up and down excited because they get to have one of those buzzer things that lights up and go sit into the, uh, the entryway for a while. We, we don't like to wait. Um, I'm notorious for analyzing grocery checkout lines to see which one I think is going to be the quickest and the shortest and get really upset in some ways. If I have to wait longer than um, maybe another line I could have picked. Um, we just don't enjoy, for the most part, seasons of waiting. Yet the other thing that's true is that we all go through seasons of waiting. Uh, whether it's waiting for a church to be built or to be completed at least, um, or in some ways even bigger things, things that can hit your heart even more, um, waiting for a job, um, waiting to get healthy, waiting for a loved one to hopefully get healthy, um, waiting for a spouse, waiting for our marriage to get better, um, waiting to get through high school. There are so many seasons that we go through where we could categorize it with the idea that we're waiting for something. And the interesting thing is, if you were to look through and read through the Old Testament, the truth of the matter is that the entire Old Testament, in a way, were people living through a season of waiting. And I want to I point that out to you today and talk about it a little bit, because God definitely has encouragement for you and for me in our personal seasons of waiting. And as we wait to get into this building, I thought it might be a good little encouragement for you. So back about six to 8,000 years ago, the world was created. And along with the world, Adam and Eve were created. And it didn't take too long for Adam and Eve to mess up, to sin, to disobey God, and God in his love and grace, instead of just sending Adam and Eve away or destroying them or destroying the world or whatever, he showed an amazing amount of grace and patience by saying, Adam and Eve, there will be consequences for sin, for your sin. But at the same time, I want to show you love and mercy. And so he gave them in that moment in the Garden of Eden the first promise of a Savior. And after he gave the promise that a Savior would come, a, a person who would come to crush the head of that serpent, Satan, guess what happened next? Nothing. 
not at least God sending a Savior. And for about 6,000 years, generations came waiting for a Messiah, a Savior to come, and generations died without the Messiah coming. This is the time frame where godly men and women like Abraham and Sarah, like Isaac and Joseph, like Moses, like Joshua, like David and Solomon and Isaiah, all lived waiting for God to fulfill his promise and to send the Messiah, the Savior, and died with that Savior not yet coming. I would love to tell you that through those years that God's people waited patiently and that they were always just really good with the season of waiting. But if I were to say that to you, I would be lying um, because we see a lot of difficulty going on um, in their seasons of waiting. Um, In fact, we see a nation, Israel, as they waited begin to not only disobey God, but doubt God. And eventually, the the nation of Israel, for the most part, fell away from God. The season of waiting was difficult, and they had questions during that time. Maybe questions you've had when you've had to wait for something you're really hoping for. Um, What is God up to right now in this season of waiting? Or... Does he really still remember us? Does he care about us? Does he know what he's doing? And sometimes, maybe, in our darkest moments, we find ourselves doubting whether God is there at all in our seasons of waiting. Well, about 6,000 years after God gave that first promise, something happened. And some years later, after that thing happened, A pastor named Paul wrote about it. And this is a pretty familiar verse. It's in Galatians chapter 4. But Paul writes this. Let me just read the word. It says, When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, or we might receive the inheritance that his children we're going to be given. The first part of that verse says, when the time had fully come. You know what it sounds like? What it sounds like is that even though God had not brought his promise of a Savior to completion for about 6,000 years since the Garden of Eden, what it sounds like there, when the time had fully come, that all along that entire time of waiting, God had a plan. That God was not absent, he was not unloving, he was not wondering what to do next, but all along he had a plan. And I think sometimes we probably get into a little bit of trouble trying to totally know exactly what God's up to in seasons of waiting or really in any season of our life. Uh, We're very wise to just go off of what God says in his word and not try to assume we know God's mind. But Looking back on it, looking back on history, there's a couple of things that were happening when Jesus came about or was born 2,000 years ago. Two things. One is something that history calls the Pax Romana. 
which means basically that there was an unprecedented season of peace in the world at the time, which meant that people were more free than ever to come and to go and to travel from country to country. It was just this really great time in history in some ways. The other thing that happened, and you might know this from history too, that the Romans developed the most sophisticated system of roads that there had ever been up until that time in history, which, what does that do? Once again, allows for people and for news to spread more quickly and more easily. I'm not saying that I know exactly God's mind, nor do I know all the details of when Paul writes, when the time had fully come. But when I look back at history, I see those two things as possibly being part of what God was looking at when he decided 2,000 years ago, in that moment, at that time, to send a Savior. Because guess what happened? The message of that Savior was able to be spread probably more easily than any other point in history up until that time. God wasn't absent for those 6,000 years of waiting. God was remarkably guiding the events of history for the good of his people. And that Savior, Jesus, not only his birth, but his death and resurrection is our greatest hope and our greatest peace that God loves us and has a plan for us even when the, the details of life don't always seem to make total sense to us, that there is hope even in the midst of greatest earthly tragedies, that there is a place that we can look forward to someday and that in heaven and that there's a reason, a new purpose for us to live, both individually, as families, and as a church. A great purpose to, to build a new building, to get this message out, just like they did 2,000 years ago, just like the angels announced when Jesus was born. So, what's God up to in seasons of waiting? Well, let me just say this. He never wastes our time. He never wastes your time. There is always a purpose. Just like we see with Jesus, his birth, God was actively waiting for the very right time. And so he's up to something in your season of waiting too. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't always know what it is. Probably very rarely could I tell what it is. But God doesn't waste any season. And sometimes it's good to remember that God hasn't forgotten things in seasons of waiting. He's preparing things. God hasn't forgotten you in your season of waiting. He's preparing you for what might come next. God hasn't forgotten the situation that you're in. He's preparing the situation that you're in perfectly for his purposes and his plan. For me, right now, when I think of waiting, it's hard for me not to think about when are we going to get into this church building? When are we going to have a service? And hopefully next Sunday is that day. For you, maybe waiting for a church service in a new building is 
a small thing compared to whatever it is you've been waiting on. But either way, whatever it is, I want you to know that God does have a plan for you. And in this season, he's not wasting your time as you wait. Because God hasn't forgotten you in this season of waiting. You can be sure he's preparing you. I look forward to seeing you here, uh, God willing, next week or in the next few weeks. Before we go, why don't we close with a prayer? Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. Thank you as that we look through um, the pages of the Old Testament and think through history that we see people waiting and yet at the same time not having been forgotten that you sent Jesus when the time had fully come, the perfect time. And he did the work of our salvation that we might have hope and that we can trust that you love us. All we need to do is look to the cross. So in our seasons of waiting, help us to use that example of history as our confidence that you still keep your promises and that you'll be with us, that you have not forgotten us, but you're just preparing us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. God bless.